0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is the Anfield Rap, Neil Atkinson, John Gibbons, Melissa Reddy and Joel Richards. I tell
2: you what, it's been a while since we've had Joel on. He saved, saves himself for the big one, <laughs> He says, Darby or nothing, you know what I mean? He says, you can get me Darby, maybe man, you at a push, but he's not, he's not coming down here for Palace away. He's you know absolutely I
1: mean? not, interest, not interested in that. It's great to have him back on. It's great to have Mel on as well. And Mel, what a win and what a way to win.
0: Yeah, well, I can't imagine Joel... Coming on, if the result was in reverse, but uh, I think <laughs> uh, the day, <laughs> there was some there was some symmetry in it because Everton clearly looked like they had set up to disrupt Liverpool to either get a goalless draw or at best they were hoping to nick a one 0 win, and then for Liverpool to do it in the ninety fourth minute in that fashion uh, was very disheartening for them. So much so that the was <laughs> free... it, Mel? it? <laughs> so much so that the free Santa hats? That they got ahead of kickoff, it was showering all over the place when the goal went in.
1: They were uh, showering all over the place, though. So I don't think we, you and I will have noticed what they were doing, particularly, well. We were very much wrapped up in our own little world.
3: Yeah, I think we were. And I think that that ultimately is the main thing about Amir are. We not all right throughout the 90 minutes. You're giving them stick, they're giving you stick back. But once that goal went in, it's all about us. The pandemonium, bodies falling everywhere in the lower bullens and then the paddock, One seats getting smashed because of people falling through them. Just absolute carnage, and like Mel said, there. I'll be honest with you. If it had stayed nil-nil today, I'd have been very angry, and I was half thinking about not coming in. But everything <laughs> changes, and when you get a last-minute winner, you've just got to talk about it for hours on end.
1: Let's that, let's talk about the goal because I, 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 until this morning, I'm quite convinced I didn't see him kicking in. So I, I, I saw it. I saw it come off the post. I saw yeah. that he was going to get there first, and then I was celebrating. It was just, honestly, I did. if you'd have said to me afterwards, you know, it never went in. I, I wouldn't have been able to argue with you. But it was... He does really well to get there. He does brilliantly to get there. He's, he's not just quick, he's also nimble. One of the Everton players actually takes himself out the equation by running the wrong side of the goalkeeper, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He, does, he does brilliantly to get there.
2: Yeah, because he seems to judge where it's going to go before it's even hit the post, which is which is remarkable, really. Because, you know... The, you know they're not they're not predictable things, balls and and posts. I mean, he kind of could go anywhere, but he seems to he seems to judge the flight before it's even took off. He's 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 quicker off the mark than the Everton players, and I think it's just I think it's a, it's a fitness thing as well, and it's you know, Klopp worked them really hard in the summer. You know, Mel no better than anyone she saw the first time how, how hard he was working them and. You know, you've all played when you when you just a bit, when you you shattered. Yeah, you know what I mean. For me, it's after about three minutes of five minutes. <laughs> and and you just you just you just not quite off, and your your brain's your your body's not quite as quick as your brain. Um, and and Manny was was quick thought and and quick in action, and he was and he was just there, and and that's just the little extra things, isn't it, that uh, that hopefully win your league titles. It makes all the difference, and it is worth pointing that out. That you know, this this was an evidence, and I think. Uh, I mean, I, I, I hope
1: John's right in that he anticipated the bounce. What I would say, Mel, it, is that if it goes to the other side, Firmino's there.
0: Yeah, they If it goes the other
1: side, they both they both moved. Yeah. If it goes to the other side and comes out that way, Firmino's it probably got a slightly more difficult opportunity, but it's got a, a good opportunity regardless.
0: Yeah, they are both. You can see them. You know, when everything slowed down, even when you look at the pictures of the goal afterwards, you can clearly see that the the players who react quickest are. Mane and Firmino, they're anticipating, they're alert, they're aware that the shot's gonna come off the post somewhere around in in and around the box, and wherever it goes, I think because they were already on the front foot, they were whichever way it went, they were favourites to to win it because Everton were caught napping a little bit. They they were always going to be second best to the ball in the box, um, and also fair play to Sturridge for taking it on and for because. It was at that stage of the game where you yeah. had to force yeah. matters. You, you had yeah. to really push for it, and that's exactly what he did.
2: That's exactly the way that I was thinking. When I, I mean, I've watched the goal back about seven hundred times today, and I was thinking it. And force was the exact way, way that, I, that I was going to use. He's he's made something happen there. He's he's kind of forced the issue, and sometimes. That could be used in a positive and a negative way. Can't you say? Like, oh, he's trying to force. Stop it. forcing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But in but in this instance, yeah. uh, Mel's completely right. It needed someone to go. Do you know what? I'm just going to run at the goal and it. And it and it needed kind of someone to do that. And Sturridge had that in him, and and he just seemed to really enjoy it at the, at the moment as well. You know, he really celebrates the a goal. And I think, you know, sometimes with players, you know, they can. He can have a bit of disappointment, can't he? Because he's just at the post, he's dead or yeah. lucky, and but his natural reaction is to celebrate. And I think, well, that's great, you know. Ronaldo would have been for you, <laughs> 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 you know. But but most players are in, in between somewhere in between the, Rena- the Ronaldo reaction and, and the Sturridge reaction last night. Um, naturally, so if you're the striker, like, oh great, but but yeah, I was I was close wasn't I? tonight, but he's just I think he was just made up to he was joyous,
1: yeah. I think that, that that's one that, I mean, it, it would have been the same if it had gone the other way, Joel. But one of the most heartening things is the fact that that the entire Liverpool celebration and vibe at the minute and it was the same after the Middlesbrough game so it's not just about about this result against Everton but it helps the entire vibe is is one of complete togetherness and also very much enjoying the wins. You know what I mean? There's no one who goes, seems to, there's not one of the. They all want to stay on the pitch as long as possible, you feel like that. And that celebration, they were all there in front of the corner and they knew exactly where they were going. They, lo- they were trying to get to the supporters. There's flares raining
2: down. <laughs> I love that it. it didn't phase them, that the no, pitch no, was on fire. Like, oh, I know, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, it's just on fire. Just, just watch out for that bit, Manny. It's <laughs> just, just our lads, that don't worry. Not going to hurt it's us.
3: Like, Manny had no fear there as well, running over to the park ends and the, the corner of the park ends and the Bullens, bull, as soon as he scored and he got. There's other lads all running around behind them. They've got no fear. They want to be, like you said, they want to be there with the, with the fans. They want to be there and, sh- and, sh- and see how much, not only it means to them, but how much it means to us. Because, the, and I just want to go back on what you mentioned about studded state. It wasn't even a clean shot. You know, normally you get a shot that it's mm. the post. It's hit with force. It's hit with, like, you know, with, oh God, this is the post. You know, it was a Balanced slow out. shot. Yeah, it yeah. just bobbles along to the post. And, like you said, that instinct, that rapid reaction is bang on the foot and in. And then. Like you said, like like going back on to the away ends and all that at the ends. Come the full time whistle, again they're all over. And that and how many times have you seen that over the years? Where the whole team and the and the managers, even after a massive win, where like Sheik, we battered Man United Old Stafford or wherever, if where they've all come over. But here they were last night, and I'd I'd been dreaming in my head for months of Klopp coming over right right at the end of full time, you know, right before Christmas, big win against Everton, giving giving it the big one, and he did. And I was like, that shot would be like, my team's come soon, my team's mm. come soon. And then, like, all the players are there, everyone's cheering. And the away ends there for like five, or 10 minutes, if not 15 minutes, after after the final whistle, taking it all in.
0: Listen, I'm happy that Neil knew uh, what celebration he was going to do before the goal was even scored because Mane afterwards, for a few seconds, was really confused. He didn't know which direction he was going in. And then he's like, oh, hang on.
1: There's
0: my lads. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there they are. Uh, it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: that's the fastest flare in the West, by the way, Well,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> But, like, that, that, at Goodison, it is a weird setup. the Bullens and the away because, obviously, you're in the upper tier and the lower tier, but even in the lower, you've got the paddock separated by a big a big wall and, like, a moat near enough, and then you've got, you know, obviously, all the wooden seats, you've got some plastic seats. To celebrate in there is quite hard, and if it, get, if it gets a bit and it gets a bit on top, but there's just bodies flailing everywhere, and, it, and like, for that carnage in that first, couple of minutes after the goal scored. It's just limbs everywhere.
1: It's yeah, it's somewhat overwhelming. I'm still bruised. Uh but it was absolutely fantastic. It was a fantastic goal. But it's a good second half, Mel, and I think that Everton Gambled their energy on the first 20, wanted to get about Liverpool, make it awkward for them. You saw them decline into, the, sec- into the, the second half of the first half, for want of a better phrase. But Liverpool didn't really take advantage. Liverpool didn't play that well the second half of the first half, even though they had more and more of the territory as it wore on. But second half, Liverpool deserved all three points. They were the better side, and the they were the side who were by far much more interested in going and winning the football match.
0: Yeah, in the first half, it became evident. I don't know if, if people noticed it on watching on tv but sat in the ground everton were exerting themselves more than they have done the season it was more intense what they were doing than their second half against arsenal it was just looking to disrupt derail um s- just deny liverpool of any sort of fluidity and rhythm and that is it takes a lot to do that um and like you say they they were spent already by 25 minutes and you you knew and i think Liverpool knew as well that they've thrown everything they've got at us here and they've not created anything. They've not tested us in any way, not caused us any problems, and they are going to eventually tire. And I think the only... Liverpool matched them in terms of physicality, in terms of duels, the tussles and everything. Liverpool were up for it as well. Liverpool were matching them in terms of that. Obviously, you expect more from Liverpool because of the way they've played the season. They are the better side. You expect more in terms of their own offensive play. And I think the only um, areas they let themselves down in in that first half was the fact that they let the Everton's pressing and and the ability to be in, in their faces affect their usual passing patterns and what they'd usually do. And um, Dejan Lovren and James Milner in particular were, were guilty of giving the ball away when they close themselves to the options available to them. But I thought in the first half, in in terms of the tussles and stuff, there was all this fuss about... You know Everton's physicality, but Liverpool weren't left wanting in that period. It was only their offensive play which which struggled.
1: I th- I thought John first half there was the there was a there's a conversation to be had around sometimes, yeah. and I think you know I remember Benitez's first Goodison derby and he picks the hour ahead of Xabi Alonso because everyone's saying to you you're the Liverpool manager. Everyone's saying before and you know what they're going to scrap. They're going to make it really hard for you. And I thought there was almost a little element first half, and partially because Everton started well, but that Liverpool were almost too eager to win the fight for the right to play than to actually play if you know what I mean there was a bit there was an element of as it, it wore on and when Everton looked as though they were wilting a little bit Liverpool was still almost looking for a bit more of a scrap than, than the actual you know alright lads we've, we've done the first bit now and I, now let's go and pop it around a little bit and I, I do wonder whether that's partially the manager a lot of the, the, the sort of the language that came out and as I say Benitez picks owl I'm sure if you went through it'd be an interesting thing to look at and I, I thought actually he probably should have written the piece of you know it's, it's gone now don't tell Robbo but of previous successful Liverpool managers the first Goodison derby that maybe sometimes you think you know what it's Goodison we're gonna, I'm going to have to send my scrappers out or send them out with a certain mindset and I just thought that that was the flip between the first half and the second half first half I thought Liverpool they're looking for a bit of a scrap and they're going to win that scrap they're going to win the individual battles but then second half I thought they came out and they went we're just better at football let's just be better at football than them
2: Yeah I think that yeah, there's maybe something in there they just they just couldn't get the rhythm going at all first half could they maybe that's, that's kind of a mindset thing maybe because he was just thinking about other things but I was, I was thinking a lot watching the game about things like pass completion stats and how they, they don't really tell, you know, they, they tell what they tell, you know what I mean? I don't think they're, they're claiming to to tell a full pitch, and I don't, I don't know if stats can claim anything, to be honest with you, um but, um, you know, themselves. <laughs> but, like, you know, the I, I, point I'm trying to China make is that a lot of our passing, it, it was a completed pass, but it was a poor pass as well in that it was just behind them or it was you know it was it wasn't didn't, didn't have any zip in it and so we were actually quite often playing teammates into trouble yeah. just by just by putting just by if 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 Love say had to wait slightly for the pass or had to go behind him and then reach and then suddenly he's got a man in his face and he's being rushed and we were by by not being quicker with our passing and not being more forthright with our passing and, and not being more accurate with our passing, even though statistically they were accurate passes, we were putting ourselves under more pressure because, you know, if it's a more difficult one to control or it takes longer to get to you, you've got a man in your face all of a sudden and, and we just couldn't quite get that, that zip going really and so so we were never really able to attack because it was, always, it was more about kind of keeping the ball than it was actually doing something positive with it. And I felt like, you know, it took us about half an hour, I'd say. You know, people say, you know, we have seen a lot about it being a game of two halves. I actually thought it probably changed after half an hour. Yep. But, yeah, But I thought, um, you know, for that it, it did take us that long to just, to just find ways to actually be using the ball effectively rather than just, oh, I've got someone in front of me and I need to get it to a teammate. I thought a lot of our passing was that first 30, whereas after that it became, what actually are we trying to do with the ball?
3: It's funny as well, though you you, you, you both you and Neil you mentioned all that because in the way I thought I thought we got dragged down to a level. I don't think it was necessarily us maybe trying to pass and be clever. Or, I just thought in a sense we got dragged down to like wanting the scrap, you know, having to fight dirty and being a war of attrition, I thought that at times, but maybe perhaps played into it, especially in the first half. But then there was noticeable times during, like, say, the first and the second half where like, you'd think Henderson might have the possession there, knowing the centre in the middle of the pitch. And you just go, tie forward, just tie forward. Instead, sideways pass. Lalana as well. Go forward a bit more, just trying to knock it about. But no sideways, just trying and keep it neat and tidy. And just trying and again, maybe where Everton down. But I think that was maybe where I was being critical, and a couple of my mates were being critical of our performance, was that. We just weren't going forwards, and it was uh, and it was similar to the previous two derbies there, at course. And I thought, well, not a lot happens in a way. It was just, it was very additional. It was like a game of chess, you know. Both sides maybe not trying to overcommit or show the hands too much, and then it, that's why it. I thought it was going to peter out. Obviously it, and is, it is. It is a Atkins. credit
0: to Everton, though that Liverpool couldn't get their offensive play going. And they couldn't do that because Everton plugged the gaps incredibly well in those first 25 minutes. All, there were no half spaces to exploit. Jordan Henderson, who usually directs the play, who sparks everything. They had Ross Barkley on him whenever Everton were out of position. Ross Barkley had to race back and keep Henderson, which then makes it harder for the centre-backs to play out if they've got pressure on them because their usual release is then occupied. And Everton that there's only so long you can do that for, and they did that well enough for twenty five minutes until then you start to tire a little bit because you can't keep up that intensity, so you you leave that little half space Liverpool spot the half space and then grow into the game. But I think it was a little bit of management from Liverpool because I think the players could feel like they're giving us everything they've got here and but it's not getting them anywhere, so this is okay you know nothing magical needs to happen right now we've got a, a second half to play where they're going to be considerably tired and and our quality will eventually come through
1: it's 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 interesting this john because i, I it's the you have a lot of people. For instance, uh, we talk about Liverpool. Maybe lacking a bit of game intelligence, a little bit of game management. And you can look at, so you can look at that early part of the game. You can look at the whole game to a certain extent, and you can look at it one or two ways. You can either look at it from the point of view and say Liverpool could perhaps have been often a little bit more incisive, and then you can look at it the other way and say, well, Liverpool felt that they were creating chances and they were managing the game and managing Everton's energy, managing Everton's energy out of them. And it's quite an interesting thing, isn't it? That you know sometimes you can be, uh, uh, you know, what Joel was saying before, because there's people around me and it's dead interesting. I mean, it's, it's mad being in the away end. At Goodison and I want to put that over to people how mad it is because I'll be honest with you old Scouts fellas just want Liverpool to get the ball down and play which is the complete opposite to what they tend to want everywhere else where they want to watch Liverpool's players wallop people but at Derby, <laughs> in derbies it's like all the, every, I was saying to Robert, it's this mad thing that every every Liverpoolian voice behind me that sounds like it's over 50 just wants us to get on the ball and play and the reason why is because they've seen us so many times they just want Liverpool to go to Goodison and be much better than them, that's it, they almost like know the script as to how this works, your you eyes above this lads and you just start playing and it'll be sound yeah. but as I say when you go to like I know if you go to Crystal Palace away and someone ah, pulls out of a tackle they're getting called for everything but there is this thing isn't it in terms of you know we talk about at times what could be game good game management you can almost damn with frame praise by saying well you're not really going anywhere conversely at times when you're desperate to go somewhere and make it happen there's there's people knocking around saying hey stop forcing it back to the forcing thing and it is you know there's basically I'm trying to sort of drive at it there's 11 lads doing the best on a football pitch with a lot going on
2: yeah I, and I think they could quite rightly say that they managed the the period where Everton were on top quite well. You know, in terms of if you're gonna if you're gonna have a bit of a storm then you know, they Everton had one shot on target all game, which is which is either pretty poor or well done Liverpool. Yeah. And I thought both centre halves I thought were really good and I just generally, you know, you can you could talk about the movement being better and, and I think the movement should have been better, but then you could also say, well, it was you, we could, on the converse, of that well, the shape you could say, well, the shape was must have been good because yeah. Everton couldn't get through us. So it's it's finding a way to have a good defensive shape and then and then being able to kind of, you know, spring in, into action. But then if you lose the ball, is, is is this kind of shape not there? And you know, it's 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 all these all these tough decisions you have to make as a football team. Playing away from home against a decent team, and they are a decent team. No matter what Ben Johnson will say on the pink. Um, so, so it's so it's hard, and I think that's what we're getting. at And the having to make these decisions a hundred miles an hour when there's when there's you know they can't just stop and have a think about it. Do you know what I mean? There's not like oh let's just stop. You know, can't have a timeout and have a chat. How do we approach the next five? It's it's happening and it's real, and there's forty thousand people shouting at you and you know s- stuff like that. And so it's so it is difficult. I just thought I thought they could have done they could have done more with the ball, and I still think they could have they could have. Shown um, maybe just a little bit more. I don't know if ambition's the right way, but I thought I thought the movement could have been better. But as you say, it's it's if if they're gonna if they're gonna have a good 30, then I think we 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 dealt with it pretty well.
3: I think um, that that's one shot on target says a lot for me. And it, in hindsight, it's always wonderful that you think you're under more danger in the ground than what when you come out and you've watched it back and you've had time to look at all like another you know, the stats and like maybe you know analyze the game when you've got to clear ahead. just how much danger Liverpool were under and it wasn't nearly that much okay they had the Barkley chance in the first half that you know comfortably went wide they had the Funez Mollie one right on half time near enough and apart from that in the second half was, was the shot on target in the second half Car- so can't no Lukaku Car- yeah.
1: breaks through and he's just about he's just about to get it out on from under his feet and he's, he, he just can't quite get it out from under his feet and he's got four Liverpool players chasing him and obviously no teammates because they're all having a rest and uh, and it, it, it Chan Chan get it wins the ball back off him with a really really good tackle and that was but that was pretty much it for the second second half attacks from Everton
3: and yeah and that's the thing that's that's where he never really had their crowd getting off like when when they shared four got go, no go, no like everyone standing up. apart from that you know it was very comfortable but it was very comfortable in that sense but then in another sense it wasn't comfortable because we went. Getting forwards, we weren't dominating the game as much as we would have. But in our state, it was it was just it was just one of them games where it's like all we had to do was just we had to break them down. We had to find solutions to break them down. and Eventually, we did.
1: It's the on the just to go back to the first thirty minutes before we sort of wrap that bit up. There's there is a point to be made, isn't it, that Everton there have had to work as hard as they could possibly can. You saw them work that hard against Arsenal just to be on top against Liverpool for thirty minutes.
0: Yeah, not not only to to be on top, just to stop Liverpool to to knock Liverpool off their stride a little bit, to ensure that Liverpool don't enjoy their usual fluency. Because if they do, then, you know, you have the situation that that Everton found themselves in in April where they're just too good offensively for you to deal with. So you stop them. And I think that's part of the reason they didn't have enough of an attacking bite because that wasn't the essential aim. The essential aim was... Don't let Liverpool play. And every time the ball went up to Lukaku, even when he'd win a knockdown, he had hardly any support because, you know, the players were more interested in in making sure they didn't leave themselves too exposed to go up there support Lukaku, and then they lose the ball, and then Liverpool counter. It, it was um, <coughs> it was just incredible. Like you say, Neil, the amount of energy they had to exert to ensure that happened. I think that took them out of the game for the rest of it because they basically just used up everything they had but also i expected everton to manage that a little bit better i thought they'd have a very strong 10 minutes you know just manage their intense periods a little better because they did sell themselves short by going so hard and so fast for that opening period
3: and the fact that i'm I think we were going to come on to it anyway, but getting to half-time, it, it was needed in a way because we did, I felt I felt we had to regroup because we just were, we just not running out of ideas, but we were getting a bit like frustrated we were getting a bit like, oh, what, we got, what are we going to have to do to break these down? You know, they, they've been getting in at us, you know, they've been having a go to be fair to them. But one other point I wanted to make was on that half-time, I think the turning point was Barry coming on for McCarthy, for Everton. I think these are that much, you know, working hard in the midfield time or in the midfield battle, and then for for McCarthy to be replaced by you know thirty six year old fella, you know he's going going up against Ryan Arles and Lalan and Anderson. All the best.
1: Yeah, well, there is an start, and then that comes into the second half, and you know as as has been said here, that they never quite looked like they had a goal in them. Where you felt and it could well be the injury to the goalkeeper Mel. but liverpool second half you felt it was you felt it was coming you felt there was a fair bit of momentum and it could it could be the fact that the goalkeeper was down for 6 7 minutes that might actually have been the thing that stopped that momentum from from making liverpool liverpool's fluency was was knocked by that as much as anything everton did
0: absolutely in fact um, in the crowd i was in the last row of the press box and some of the crowd behind were wanting him to stay down as long as possible because the period Liverpool had preceding that was quite a dangerous period and it did seem like the goal was coming and when we do like match reports and and the post-match analysis you always get your desk asking you what's the angle of the snap so you know where's the comment piece heading um and at the time it was goalless so they said, we know it's too early given the complexion of the game at the moment. And I said, the equalizer, uh, the opener is coming. Liverpool will score the opener because I think everyone in the ground had that feeling that Liverpool were going to get a goal. It was building up to that. Um, and it was, the injury to Stecklenburg does sort of take that back again because then they've got to <laughs> start, build, regroup, do everything again. Uh, but I think also... The when we're talking about game management and stuff earlier, Klopp had something he didn't have in in the previous few games, which was strength and depth on the bench that he could call upon. He knew yeah. he still had emre Shan, and Daniel Sturridge most especially in reserve to throw on, uh, and I think that also you know had a bearing on things.
1: That th- this is a wonderful. um How stupid are you with the match thing, John? I was fuming. He wasn't giving them 15 minutes. Because it got past yeah. seventy five, he hadn't yeah. brought them on, and I was thinking, I was, I was, I was saying to one "You've got to give them at least 15 He brought them bang on eighty two, and there was seven minutes added. It was straight right. as straightforward as yeah. sorry, eight minutes added. Yeah. It was as straightforward as as this fella's actually paid attention and, and can tell the time, and I can't. Uh, and he's yeah, because all I was thinking, but I was thinking, and that was the key thing. And that, again, I, there was never a point in the game, and i was saying it last night, and I really meant it, and I mean it today, and I want to talk about it a little bit in terms of mentality. But there was really, no- unlike West Ham, went on about seventy five. I thought we're not going to score here. The, uh, Southampton, i probably get to 80 and I think we're not going to score. There was really not a point last night where I thought we're not going to score. I was thinking we're gonna, it's going to come if I had go Joel first on this. I was thinking all the way through, we're going to get one here. We're, it will happen, it will happen for us. And then being able to bring Sturridge on just made me even more convinced. And you got the impression it made them even more convinced there's a Liverpool goal in this.
3: Well, I need to throw my hands up here personally and apologise. I thought that there wasn't a goal coming. like Because I'd, I'd, I'd seen the, the point that you just made there, Southampton away. I think in my mind I got to 75 even in that game, and I started to accept it's gonna be a nil-nil. Yeah, just got like annoyed as I am. It's a nil-nil. Clared, no. Just be curious, just be about it, you know. Just take taking a move on West Ham um, last week. Again, gets around 70, 75. It's gonna be a draw here, lads. You know, because we, we we only had, and when I say only, no disrespect to them. Ben Woodburn, we'll be, St-Alexander-Arnold, you've got a Jari yeah. on the bench. You know, you've know, got kids. You're not expecting kids to come on and win games. You just can't. You've just got to you know, accept the fact that they're there for a reason because we've had a few injuries and that they are talented enough, but they're not going to win your game straight away. And last night, I sort of got to that point. I had a bit of clarity where, when, 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 even though Studridge and Chiang did come on, I was a bit like, yeah, I mean, we we just got to take the points. As annoying as it is, we've just got to take it and move on. But on the other hand we kept going no it we, we wasn't through the ones that sign that we were going to get the goal and then obviously we did get the goal but it wasn't for the fact that we made them subs because we were sort of like oh we're going to take the points we made two changes that made a massive difference in the game that gave us that little bit of fresh impetus and gave us that belief that we it was going to come The
1: belief of, of thinking it's going to come as well I think is important there John in that on both sides if you, if, if you're never toning in the stands or you're never in on the pitch if you're a Liverpool in the stands or a Liverpool in on the pitch and you see Daniel Sturridge come on. Yeah. You're thinking to yourself, all right, yeah, there's still a lot in this for us.
2: Yeah, and know Chad as well. Uh, I thought he did well, apart from the way he blammed into the stand under <laughs> no pressure. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's <laughs> it's funny with every chance. you're like oh he gives the ball away then again okay, someone gives you a passing completion stats it goes oh he was 88 percent and you're like yeah but what about the 12 <laughs> what a, what, a, what a 12 it was um, he absolutely blams that one in the main stand don't he but apart from that I thought he was good and, and I think you know having that quality on the bench is something that we have been missing in, in, in the last few games recently and you you, just, you thought would would have made a difference um, you know certainly in that West Ham one um, if you you know you've got got Danny Sturridge to throw on there you know it's it's you know the, the, You'd you'd have thought he probably would win the won the game, didn't have but but have got him now, and I think it does it does affect him, and it'll it'll give them a boost next time as well. So next time, you know, hopefully it won't happen too soon. Hopefully we'll be we'll be over the bridge and far away against Stoke. But if it is one each after seventy five, then they'll be you know and they're playing well. They'll be thinking, well, we got that one at Everton, you know, and yeah. it, and it does and it does hopefully start to play in your mind, and then and then you start doing it more and more. Well, I mean that's the key thing. I actually go back to you on this, John, is that there's.
1: All the way through the season it's been an interest it's been an interesting the way people have, have have talked and written around it in terms of the ways Liverpool have won. There's been this idea of, well, they won at Arsenal, but it, it ended up being 4-3 and it was tight. There was then that idea of, you know, you look at the you look at the win that they got against Leicester where they they, they just cut loose. There's been the big wins and then there's been the idea that there'll be tight wins and there's been those tight wins as well. But what there hasn't been is that injury time winner. Joel's eager again, Johnny's He's just yeah. desperately. He's not done one for a while. He's got oh, notes. Yeah. He's got notes.
3: I've got notes. And I've got everything No, I haven't really. But yeah, those types of wins that we've had this season. Swansea away. Come from behind, we were absolutely abject in that first half there. Turned it around in the second half and got and got the win fully deserved in the end, just based on the second half performance. Palace away, where we've thrown away the lead twice in the first half in mad circumstances. Again, to come from behind the and then dominate the game and win it. Wofford absolutely battered them, Hull battered them, Leicester battered them. And now this type of win, I think, as far as I know or as far as I remember, it's the first 1-0 that we've had in the Premier League in the calendar year this year. So that says a lot, and the fact that we had to grind it out, that we had that we didn't have it our, all our own way, that we had to t- break them down, we had to try and keep going till the last minute and not give up like I had <laughs> in accepting the nil draw. No, this is this
1: is, this is important. I will go back to you on that on that John. It is the idea that there's ninety minutes on the clock and Liverpool are still trying to win the game. They haven't had the idea of you know it would be easy, and I've seen Liverpool sides do it in the past. I've seen them do it at grounds tougher and it grounds easier than Goodison Park and against better and worse sides. But I have that idea that you get to 90 minutes and you get to throw your hands up and go, we've had a good goal, lads, and it's not quite worked. Whereas, again, not different to the Middlesbrough game, but it's another statement of intent. It's that, that a point of Goodison was not good enough for Liverpool this weekend, yeah. given what Chelsea are doing. A point was not good enough. and Every single one of those Liverpool players... And it, listen, if your ambition is to finish in the top four, if that's it, if that's the limit of your ambition across the season, then a point's all right. But it tells you again that, that that's not the limit of the ambition. The ambition is they feel like they're in this title race. They feel like they've got loads and loads of skin in that particular game. And that's why it meant everything it did mean to both players and manager.
2: Yeah, it would have be been quite easy to take a point to, I think... You're right when it when it kinda of got to ninety minutes and it's not a bad point, but I think they're conscious that they've thrown a few away recently and they'll be conscious of that at the Bournemouth game and they'll be annoyed about that and then there's obviously the West Ham one which they are expected to win, you know, it's a slightly different different situation. Um but it's you know it's not as bad as the Bournemouth in terms of you know the three one lead and things like that. But they'll don't know that a few points down the way they should be. So if we were if we were sitting a bit pretty and if it was all a bit tighter then, you know, it's a different situation. But I think they'll know that because of what Chelsea are doing and because of, you know, how they they've thrown away that they're a few points down away where they should be so hopefully today they think, well we've got two extra there that's two more than maybe you know it was looking like we were gonna get so so they'll have their eye on on these next few fixtures coming up and, and hopefully claw a few more back and if somehow somehow kind of um get make that gap a little bit smaller because i agree with you i think that is what they're aiming for
1: I think that the, I think there's no getting away from that, Melon. It's interesting that the manager still slightly talks around and He's probably getting advice from someone to say talk around it. But there's that uh, that wonderful clip of him on the sidelines after the goals being scored, where it feels like if you've seen it, where he's like trying to bottle his emotion. He's so happy yeah. and he's so ecstatic, but he doesn't want to go too mad because he just sort of quite likes to sprint across the pitch and jump into our end. I think, but he's just trying to calm. He's just trying to calm himself, like he's almost got. To, I've got to calm down here. He touches his face, touches his glasses, but he's just this absolute. And the reason for that isn't just simply to win a Goodison. It's Because he knows what all the other results were. Everyone else has played. He knew what it would have meant to only get one point. So he knows what it means to get three in the 94th minute.
0: Yeah, he knows it's only December as well. Which is something he he brings up quite a lot. (laughs) He doesn't want his players to get carried away. So he won't get carried away. There's a lot of work left to do. And that's very much the message. Job done last night. But there's still so much to come. And You guys spoke about Liverpool still pushing you know, at 90. Still going for it. And that comes at a stage where heads could have combusted after the Ross Barkley challenge on Jordan Henderson. You know, we spoke about, did Liverpool want to scrap? I think Liverpool were willing to scrap when there was a scrap, but Liverpool also knew they wanted to win the game. And when crunch time came, when they had to elevate the quality, when they had to keep pushing, they had that in them. And it was very, very important. I think Klopp touched on it afterwards saying, it's quite an emotive sort of game. And it's very hard to manage that emotion against what you're supposed to be doing. And I think in those final minutes, they, they did it to perfection because that challenge could have just thrown everything off.
1: It, well, on that as well, right the way through, I think I, I think Henderson's performance is really interesting because I don't think he was very good first half. I think a lot of what John's saying about passes that were, that were the wrong pass or the pass that was just behind. I think he was one of the culprits for that. And I was wondering whether or not he was getting caught up. You said Barkley was often very, very close to him. Whether or not he was getting caught up in it, that, both before and after that tackle, he'd absolutely settled into the game and he was beginning to manage and run the game as, as he has been doing recently. It, was, it wasn't the Henderson pass that was the issue, then it was the pass after the Henderson pass where if Liverpool weren't quite getting it right. And I think that that, that composure went through the football team, sort of through him. He was the one who I think, I think second half came out and it's him... More than anyone else whose who's level of performance I think improves markedly in the first 10 minutes of the second half. He, he's the one who's, who's suddenly finding more space, getting on the ball, sorting himself out and getting everyone else started and getting everyone else playing and he doesn't lose his head after he is hacked down.
0: Yeah, invariably the space was going to open up to allow him and the others to play because like we said, Everton they did well to plug the gaps but they weren't going to, to end up doing that forever. Liverpool as well at half time. Klops showed them clips of when they were not stifled by Everton but stifled by themselves by their own passing decisions and often like I said it actually wasn't it was Henderson wasn't getting the ball one because he was marked quite tightly but the other reason is because Lovren and and um, Milner kept making the wrong decisions obviously in that moment out of you know so many things going on there's the panic there's we need to get rid of it quickly because it Everton are putting us under quite a lot of pressure here but I think when you reinforce a message it it can resonate especially because it's such a passionate mad first 45 you then get in the dressing room you seeing things clearly things are being pointed out to you you recalibrate your brain you go but go back out and, and you do what's required of you and I think the point that you made on Henderson is is great and I think the first half shows how important he is as a platform For Liverpool offensively because when he is on the ball when he is dictating things when he is there to break up the counter-attacks and all that stuff he he's been sensational this season also i find it mad that people are still questioning what Ginny Wijnaldum does how can you watch last night's game and still wonder what Ginny Wijnaldum does he was utterly intelligent efficient in possession the the goal starts with him switching the play to to yeah, Emre Shan yeah. with an absolute beauty of a ball. To think about putting that ball in at that time, that weight of pass, perfect. I think he had something like ninety six percent pass completion yesterday. He was he was just unreal to watch, disciplined, so so clever, always thinking ahead, always thinking about his teammates. Just really self unselfish play from him.
3: That goal was far to say. That was Wyan Arsham's best performance in the Liverpool Share to date. Like, because just the way in that midfield battle that I mentioned before, the way Barry got so out at half time, and you've got McCarthy as well, and who else was in midfield for? Them? Uh, just a guy. yeah. G- who, who's been getting, rightly getting loads of plaudits from them and from you know, the general public this season. So Wyan matched up against them, and he was just fantastic. Kept taking things over, like you said. He was in the build up for, for the goal, and again, He's just knocking it about, and he's just pulling himself there, and he's just—he is—he is, he is essentially—he does all the less f- f- talked about work and the less glorified work in the team. He's just taking things over, and he's knocking it about, and he's pulling himself there, and he is getting from front to back all the time, and and it's it's it such a chord with the Liverpool fans because a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of a lot of my mates again last night were going how fantastic he was, and he in my eyes he was man of the match hands down.
2: Yeah, anyone who's down with Naldo, just needs to spend five minutes with Robbo and um, he, he'll <laughs> sort them out. He absolutely loves him, doesn't he? He's he's so strong on the ball. Um, you know, you can't shove him off. it. I think when you watch him up close, you you really kind of get a sense of that. Really, you know, it's mad how he's a completely different footballer to the one we were getting. But Klopp's obviously spotted something in him, and maybe, maybe from his days in Holland, I don't know. But you know, seeing something in him and seeing that you know we can use him slightly differently for, for for the team. You know, he's he's been. He's been very, very good for Liverpool. I think you know almost, almost since he joined, and 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 since everyone kind of got their got the head round what he was doing, and yeah, key part in us winning last night, and it is a great pass, you know, so late in the game to to kind of switch that play up and uh, and get that and get that move going, yeah, he, and it he just seems like a lovely fellow as well.
0: I, <laughs> s- I said it was to to Emery, and I'm just it's, it's still clan. the after effects the from clan, the, yeah, yeah. It was it was to Nathaniel Klein. Yeah. It was it was a really really good ball perfect for for Klein to control and like you guys say you know the the footballer that Liverpool thought they were getting or or it seemed Liverpool were getting was somebody very much designed to to spark the attack to add to the goal tally and I think because lilana has been the player to to actually go and up the numbers in in that category his role is has been a little different to be the more disciplined the more intelligent the more measured uh sort of player and uh, they work so well in combination and I think he was brilliant yesterday I can't believe there are people especially based off last night's performance who said he didn't play well last night
1: there's next one I want to talk about before I don't want to talk about everybody but the next one I want to talk about John is the uh is Origi and I think he has a a really, he's really struggling first half, I think, and it's interesting that the manager does exactly what happens at Middlesbrough, which is he moves him. He seems to move him to the left at least for a period of time. He gets him out there. There's the, there's much more movement from him, second half moving into the towards the left and sort of starting from the left. And I think it's it's I think that's as much to try to get Firmino in the game, and Firmino never really quite gets going. But what it actually leads to is, ironically, Origi I think has a, has a better, a significantly better second half than he managed to have first.
2: Yeah, just he just couldn't hold it up at all. It couldn't it wouldn't stick with him, and you know people say, "Oh, maybe there's not enough around him." But sometimes you just got to get it and get it down and, and wait for your mates to to, to, to kind of catch up with you. Really, he, he kind of wasn't able to do that. He got he's you know it was it was a, even more dependent from what Lukaku was doing at the other end. I mean, Lukaku, he, I don't I don't know what. What Everton fans are seeing, but I thought his work rate was phenomenal. He was down the channels. He was an absolute nuisance. It took one brilliant block from Clavin, or I think he would have scored. And you know, he was, he was, he was, it was a kind of a, a, exactly what you want from a centre forward. I mean, maybe he's not putting that in in every week. I don't know, but he certainly put it in last night. And so you're watching Lukaku be be an absolute menace and be kind of I wouldn't say quite a perfect alone lone centre forward, but you know, given the display that, that you want from from someone who's up there on their own, and Firouzi just it just wouldn't stick with him and. It's it's strange seeing him not play with confidence when he scored so many goals recently. But maybe he's he's he's, he's feeling confidence enough in front to go with it. But it's everything else that's not quite working for him. And I wondered on the wide thing whether whether he was going wide as a tactic or whether it was just because he wasn't getting any joy in the middle. And that could be a bit of a problem really because you you've just got to kind of stick out at it sometimes. And sometimes I felt like he was peeling left because he thought, well, I'm not getting. I'm not getting any change out of them, lads. So, I'll, so I'll try a bit over here, really, and and that and that's fine and it's understandable. But you know, sometimes it, it was leaving us with with we, 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 not enough in the box. So, I mean, a little bit of a frustrating one. But you know, we we we've seen he can do it. You know, his performance away at Dortmund, you know, is just one example of of something that you know absolutely fantastic play up there on his own. So, so we can do it. It's just not quite happening for him at the moment.
0: Bouvac uh, was on to him quite a bit, telling him, you know, which runs to make, talking to him about his positioning, because in the middle he did f- often find himself one against two, uh, midfielders dropping back to, to also make the space quite tight. So it was uh, not the best job in the world for him, or, or not the easiest, but he did struggle, and they kept trying to reinforce the runs he should be making, because also, when the Liverpool were in possession, and because all the spaces have been closed the easiest one is if you do you know the run behind the defender open up the space give them an option you can get the attack to come and support you but he, he wasn't doing any of that so he wasn't giving liverpool the pass to make um i, I think he just he, he did struggle a bit in in the i think cuz liverpool as a unit were were struggling offensively that probably knocked his confidence a bit as well but yeah he, I think every conversation about Divock Origi needs to be, uh, you know, put in with the asterisks that he is, he's 21. He is still a developing striker, who a striker who's come back from injury, still finding his rhythm, still finding his feet. And, you know, like we were saying, he's. we know he's not the Divock Origi yet, the one that did perform away against Dortmund. And yet, 5-5 five and five before last night. So, how... Much of a positive is at that he's not anywhere near his best, but you know when he needs to do the business, he's still doing it.
3: Because that, cause that um, one thing I've noticed in, in them games that where he has scored five and five, there has been periods of the game where, for me, he hasn't been involved as much. And now I know that sounds silly because obviously he's ends up scoring. Mm. But there's there's parts of the game where he drifts in and out. If he's not getting the service, or if he gets shunted out to the left, or if he comes into the centre. There's been periods like and I noticed, it, especially in the West Ham game last week, where, all right, he got the equaliser at the start of the second half. But when you're thinking, like, he's got the goal now, he won another one, or it's time to get that winner, he just didn't click for him. He just didn't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think he can force himself back into the game. And I think that's maybe where the fact that he is 21 that might come with time and age, and with like the more games that he plays. But on the whole, last night it, it wasn't his. It wasn't his best game. And and to be honest, the. Me personally not no, as I thought I love being a man imagine if you being a manager, but I'd have him off a bit earlier, perhaps because he just wasn't getting any change out of the Everton defence. But maybe that was where Klopp thought right, well, it got to eighty two minutes when he finally took Rigi off. It just maybe in Klopp's head that he thought that the goal would come, whether it was from a or
2: anyone else. He might have had a, a number of minutes in his head for Sturridge yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, he makes the double swap, which which maybe suggests that you know, he just thought that, that was the right time to, to change it, but he might have just, you know, he's, he's big on storage training, isn't he? And he just hasn't really, and, and you know, it needs must for him, but he might have just thought, I don't might want it the same for Chan? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, um, Chan's been struggling a little bit with injuries as well recently, so it might just be in his head. He's just thought. I don't want. I don't want to give him too much about the fitness. lads have said fifteen, so, so we'll we'll kind of stick with that. Really, we'll start from there and work from yeah. there. I think it's. I'm, I'm, I think in general, sort of getting Strudger back would be, you
1: know, it'd be a massive, massive boost at the moment. Mel beginning to look at the longer picture. There's the, now this odd. It's very very odd the way in which the fixtures I think it's it's obviously the way in which the calendars fallen with Christmas this year. That suddenly now everyone's got sort of seven eight nine days off, and then they're going to play be asked to play fourteen times in three hours. <laughs> uh, seemingly, you know, it's 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 a little bit crackers. But what that does now is it does give the manager and I'm sure everybody'd like to have a nice Christmas, but everyone knows where the responsibilities are. It does give the manager sort of seven seven days to to, to get them in, to let them recover, to show them what they could do better, to get them set up for the the three game challenge that is to come. And I think Sturridge is going to be an important part of that
0: uh indeed definitely it gives him a little you know against Bournemouth or post Felipe Coutinho's injury really where it wasn't just Coutinho then it was Martip in and out then it was Emery Shan with the knee, Sturridge with the calf uh you know Adam Lallana with the groin, Roberto Firmino with a kick to the calf there were all these things that were adding up as well which severely restricted what he could do in terms of tactically to build up to a game and then how he could influence a game you know during it um, and this obviously gives him a chance to arrest perhaps Firmino, um to to maybe try to up front with him and with Sturridge and, and Origi which has worked to good effect before for Liverpool so it gives him a little more to to operate with and try out you know he can use Gini Wijnaldum on the left of the attack, maybe. It it just allows some room for, for manoeuvring. Uh, and I think often the season, and, and perhaps we shouldn't fall into this trap, but, you know, the same with Origi, and Sturridge has also uh, been a victim of this, I think, where they get judged against the front three of Firmino, Coutinho, Mane, which obviously started the season, incredibly for Liverpool, has done really well. The balance is superb. Uh, very telepathic, and I think because Sturridge and Origi, you know, aren't as fluid in that at that setup as the other three are, th- they sometimes get judged on the basis of that. When they offer different things, really, and Sturridge showed yesterday that when the game needed somebody to just have a go- not, don't play a pretty pass, just take it on and try and score a goal, he had that in him to do that. Um, so yeah, it will be an interesting period coming up. I think Liverpool because of the way they train um they should be able to deal with with the the of fixtures and and the type of fixtures but it does make a massive difference getting players back Felipe Coutinho as well stepping up his training hoping to be back for for the boc- uh, for the New Year's Eve hosting off off Man City and he, if he comes back you know like that ahead of schedule as it, as it is at the moment Uh, that's another massive, massive plus for Liverpool heading into the new year.
3: I think if you Klopp as well, you're looking at them games coming off Stoke and Man City, you know, in his head, depending on Sturridge's fitness, what level he's at, you may be thinking of maybe perhaps going with Origi for Stoke and then throwing Sturridge in against City, depending on Coutinho's fitness, you know, Man and everyone else, but that's, that's what it looks like to me, or that's what I'd... I'd imagine Klopp will do over the Christmas period, and then you're looking at the other variables and consistency plans, and that I think already that Sunderland game you're going to see it after changes. I'd be surprised if there's not if there's if there's not at least six changes, perhaps for that Sunderland game because they're probably going to throw everything into that Man City game, surely.
1: Well, it's 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 in many senses it's a, again it's a, another bit of a new challenge for the manager this one. I go you first on this, John. You know, I haven't got this derby game out the way, lads. Now coming back, it is the first time. I think last season, when you're looking at the Europa League run, there was a decision made that the focus was the Europa League. Yeah. So it was the idea that he was he, he was resting people to make sure they were fully fresh for the Europa League. Yeah. This season now, it's three... I mean, one of the, one of the three games is against Manchester City. Yeah. But it's three games with nine points to play for when we're all about amassing points to charge up the table. So it is going to be... I think we're going to see maybe... Rather than a first 11 and a second 11, it wouldn't surprise me if you see something that can be classed more as sort of a rotation, for instance, maybe Klein plays two of the three, Milner plays two of the three, Moreno and Alexander-Arnold play one of the other ones, but one of them maybe plays Stoke, the other one maybe plays Sunderland, do you know what I mean? I wonder if he'll do a bit of that rather than have the idea that he's going to make, that it's going to be sort of nine, ten changes come the Sunderland game.
2: I disagree, actually. Do you think I, think, do too, yeah, yeah? I think he'll do that, yeah. I think he'll go as strong as he can against Stoke now, and then he's got to go as strong as he can against Man City, yeah. and you'll see that as the big game. And then I think it's a case of New Year's Day just going, How are you, lads? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah you're big, not, You're not big... training, you're just all yeah, coming a in the room on. and going, yeah. How are you feeling? Do you, do you reckon tomorrow? Do you want to decide in the morning? And it's just, it's just. Do they, they, they know as well? There's, there's, I mean, they, they will ask the players, but I'm being a little bit flippant because they they know all the recovery times. So, you know, managers yeah. have spoke about it in the past. They say, "Well, this lad needs three, four days," but actually, you know, there's some players, Klein. I think there's one they've talked about before. He, he, Klein you know, Henderson. Three, three hours later, yeah. if you play. Know there's, I mean? there's
0: certain players yeah. whose recovery periods are halved or even mm-hmm. a quarter off, off the rest of the yeah. squad. So it, it all those yeah. things come into play. But he will be he will he, he definitely will be thinking about freshness because he references a lot as well when he does a field, a change lineup, a much change lineup. You know, people say, Oh, is it rotation? Oh, are you just giving lads a break? And he, he always says, I need the best lineup to win the game. Yeah. And often, freshness is a massive advantage in a mm. game.
3: I'd, I'd be surprised if, the, again, like, I'd be surprised, but I can't see us making many changes next week for that Stoke game because on the whole of last night there wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't a performance where at times you're thinking oh well if that if, if player X came in or player Y came in it would be different yeah. I'd, I'd be happy if he went with the same 11 against Stoke trying to do do whatever you can to get the points and then Man City again barring there's no injuries or whatever same again for that and then going on to Sunderland and then you just like you say seeing how they are
1: um. All right then. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you is before I let you all go. It's the uh. It's someone. Someone asked me to ask recently. Paul Taylor said that he likes to. Like he 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 said oh, I recommend you ask this question. I think it's an interesting one. If you can take one player from Everton's eleven to add to Liverpool squad, John. Oh.
2: Okay. Um, <sighs> it's probably Lukaku. Actually, I thought I thought he was great last night, and he doesn't score and and that. But I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what Evertonian's problem is with him. I thought he was very good. Okay, Joel.
3: Um, a bit of a tough one to be honest, because the, the one that stood out for them this season has been is this a Ghana? But would he get in that midfield three of Henderson, Lallan, and Wan No, so yeah, I'd agree with Gable. Perhaps go with Lukaku.
2: Play with Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Melissa.
0: Lukaku's uh, probably their shout. Maybe Baines is, as a backup, potentially. But yeah. There's, there's not a, a lot of uh, choice from Everton.
3: What i you want to change, man? Sorry, if it's loud, Coleman.
1: Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Alright, I'll let you have Coleman, as a perhaps. Uh, I thought he was terrified of Origi, but that's, uh, that's, a separate, that's a separate thing indeed. This I, that's just his face. Yes, so this has been the Anfield Wrap this week. Listen, if you're listening to this this Anfield Wrap show, you'll be aware that we've, well, you may not be aware, what we're doing is all the stuff that we normally have as a subscription show, we're putting out as a freebie in the run-up for Christmas. Uh, there's two reasons for this. One is that it's Christmas and we like you all very much. And the second reason is because we want you to very much try before you buy. But the point about this is A, try, B, buy. Uh, we are the tour player is at five pounds a month at the minute and you can still get the subscriptions still get the subscriptions
2: John for, oh yeah, yeah yeah I'll post anything
1: you'll post anything uh, <laughs> for three six and and twelve months if you want them but at the minute as I say we'll have the Tuesday review out we had the coach home out yesterday which is our show looking at other shows sorry other sides uh, we've got our show on books coming out next couple of days we've got our unwrapped show uh, loads and loads of stuff for you this week our weekend preview show as well so if you want to listen out for them as I say if you, if you don't currently subscribe to the player uh, please feel free to do so have a listen to them and see if whether or not you feel that. That's worth £5 a month. Uh, £5 a month, if you can afford it, isn't very much money. If you can't, then it is obviously a lot of money. But do have a good long think about it. We think it, that it's more than good enough for you to think about doing. We're really, really proud of it. So give it a listen this week. And the Reds couldn't have done more for us than give us a late 1-0 winner in the Merseyside Derby against Everton. Thank you very much to John Gibbons, to Melissa Reddy, and to Joel Richards. Take this away. Liverpool go to Goodison Park. They're absolutely certain that they're going to find a way to get over the finish line, to get the job done. The manager is in pieces on the touchline immediately. The goal scored, trying to calm himself down because he knows one thing he's got one AR on May, because in May the game will be afoot.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.